Welcome to the Author Blurb Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Maynard. So today, you're going to listen to me talk with G. Scott Graham. Now, if you're one of the few people that's been following the show from the beginning, and if you're not, I don't blame you, but, you know, if you are, Scott was the first person on my podcast. I enjoy talking with him. He was a great guest. And one is I felt like he was a good guest that deserved a better interview than what he got on the first episode. Because as we grow, we learn to do better. The show does better. And different things are added to make it more enjoyable. Scott was more than happy, which made me happy to have him come back on. And we had a great conversation. I hope you enjoy because, well, I enjoyed it. And if people still enjoy the conversation, maybe Scott and I will do a yearly update every year on the anniversary of the new show. That's one theory, one thought, and one way of possibly going. Now, if you're new to the show and this is your first show, it's kind of weird that you're starting season two with the same guy that started season one. It's okay. Scott was well worth listening to multiple times. You can listen to him and I talk then, which obviously, very first episode, very first show, easy to find, and we're back again. Scott comes on and we talk about what has changed in the last year since him and I have talked, the different books that he's added to his long list of books, the fact of he's added a long list of items to his activities as well as a pilot, as a Tough Mudder. Scott's a very impressive person to get to know, and I'm happy to say I've gotten to know him a little bit. Now, with that being said, you should go to authorblurb.com because, well, there you can find Scott's profile, the profile of other guests that I have on, and anybody that's scheduled to come on, their profiles are set up there as well so you can get a heads up of who's there. You can search the profiles by the genres they're in, if you want fiction or nonfiction. And if you even know the author's name, you can search for them there. These are all guests that have come on. I've tried to provide as much useful information for you to be able to learn about them and ways to contact them. And most of them have ways to contact. They have their websites, they have different things. If not, they at least have a way for you to find their books. Now, with that being said, you can also find articles that these authors write. They take time. They put these out to make sure that you enjoy getting to know them. So take the time, learn about that. And I also have all the podcasts there. So if you don't want to go hunting for the podcast, you can find it there to listen to. You can go through. You can watch the videos there. Because all the videos are in the profiles and on the homepage as well. I try to give you everything I can to make your life simpler to find a new author. Find an author or a book that you're going to love. And that's really my job. Remember, I am one of the listed guests because I have three books out myself. So you can find my books, find anybody's information. And if you have troubles, you can reach out and let me know. You can also leave a message on the speak pipe option I have on the webpage to ask questions of me, the authors, or just tell me what you think. 
I'll try to do what I can to get you on the show and get an answer if I can. And that's really about the gist of where I am with everything going on. The first year was an exciting, fun year. I got to meet some great authors. I've got to have some great experiences. I've learned of great books. And you can even hear some of my reviews that I'm putting onto the show for these books. So the first one, which you should be seeing coming up soon, will be me talking about The Adventures of Exo and Size. I enjoyed that book quite immensely for my son. He enjoys using it. Very fun. Obviously, you get a gist of where I'm going to go with that for that review, but still listen to it. You might learn something about it, and you might just decide that's the book you want to find, or you want to learn more, and you can go to the author's profile, which is on authorblurb.com, and reach out to them. Buy the book. Do whatever you want. That's the options I give. That is what I'm here to do, and it's all for you and the author's and hopefully, I'm doing a good job for you. Other than that, I'm still trying to do my writing. Mind you, it's a slow go, but I want to make sure I give you one. When I put out my next book, it's something you're going to, or at least you, the readers, are going to enjoy. The people that read my book is going to like and tell other people what so have you. With that being said, I'm not going to take up too much more of your time because I know really you're here to listen to Scott and I talk about his book, about things that happen, about these interesting events that he's lived through and dealt with and that he writes about. Like I said, I enjoy talking to Scott. He's a great person. Hopefully you enjoy the conversation. Reach out to me on authorblurb.com. Reach out to me there and let me know if you have any questions. Let me know how I'm doing. Let me know what you think I can do to improve the show. Hearing from you makes me happy and I enjoy it very much. With that being said, thank you. I'm here with G. Scott Graham. This isn't the first time I've talked with him, but I'm very happy to have him back because, call me funny, Scott, I owe you a much better interview than the first one I gave you since you were my very first guest. And like I was telling you before this, I was listening to it, and I just thought, holy criminy. That was horrible. <laughs> Things well, you know, it's, it's like anything you do for the first time. You know, someone runs their first race, and, you know, it's just a 5K, and then they're running a half marathon or a marathon, and they're like, I can't believe that's how I was when I ran that 5K. So, oh, I know. And speaking of that, I mean, just for anyone that hasn't heard the first episode, because – well, I can't really blame them with how bad it was or how bad I was. Help people understand about you because when you talk about 5K, you have a list of achievements. I think the newest one is you just got your pilot's license, if I'm not mistaken. I did. I did. I had to do something this year. So since we last talked, I got got my, um, my um, small aircraft pilot's license. And I'm learning how to do stand-up paddle boarding. I've gone through and published another couple books. I'm now training to get ready for my eighth Tough Mudder. <laughs> I did a Tough Mudder last year. I uh, spent a lot of time camping. It's been a, there's been a lot of things going on this in the last 12 months. Oh, yeah. I mean, it definitely seems like it from everything you've told me and then 
adding on to the list of your profile, it wasn't, I mean, I'm sitting there thinking, wow, Scott just makes me seem like I'm a lazy bump on a log. (laughs) (laughs) So it's good to have you back. Now, help some of the readers with, or readers, listeners, hopefully the readers, but (laughs) help me with them finding a bit about your books. You have a large array of topics you cover. I know right. one's marijuana, one's grief, one's don't be lazy, get your butt off. Get your butt off the couch. Yeah. Yeah. So, and go mow the grass. But, I mean, it's an interesting list that you have. Can you tell a bit, people, about that, what you've written about? Yeah. So, unlike a lot of authors who have a type that they write, there's like coaches out there and they write books about coaching. Or mm-hmm. there's somebody out there who's a meditator and they write books about meditating. Or somebody's a runner and they write books about running. I write books about what I'm interested in. And I also try to find, and, I, and I'm still looking for that sweet spot, the book that I'm interested in that people are really going to be interested in too. And that's, you know, that there's a cross when that happens. Uh, it's not necessarily true what I'm interested in. So I've written about Good King Henry, which is a plant that's kind of like, think of it like, uh, what would I call it? Perennial spinach. So it's right. for a lazy person who likes spinach and is like, I just don't want to be gardening all the time and having a plant every year. You plant this and once you get it going, it goes crazy. So that book has been re-upped and I invited a professional chef to join me and it now includes 10 funky, crazy recipes about uh, cooking with Good King Henry. I've written a book about grief. I've written this book about that you were talking about um, mowing the grass, which is, you know, one of my pet peeves is people who are just overweight and have these small postage size yards and they they own a riding mower. (laughs) So the premise of the book is get out mow the grass to you and 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 get rid of that riding lawnmower and use the money from selling that riding lawnmower to get some personal training and some coaching so that you're more fit you know we spend so much of our time just sitting around um with remotes or amazon devices or siri or a whole bunch of stuff we don't even we just talk and things happen and right. and and this this is about being more active. So it's a wide variety of books that I've written. I'll be honest with you. I saw a um, my kid watches little short videos and things like that on kids YouTube. Uh-huh. And there was a scene from Wall-E. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you. When I saw that, your book came to mind. I started <laughs> chuckling a little bit because you just have these people where they don't want to get up off their chairs. They're just really kind of an obese society. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, that made me chuckle a little bit there. And, oh, I agree. Now, like, my wife asked me if, like, we wanted a lawnmower. I'm like, honey, I would. I would love a riding lawnmower. We have a half acre, and it takes a little to mow it, but I don't go to the gym like I used to when I was younger. Right, and, right. And with two kids – I really have no exercise time other than lifting the kids up, yelling at them, running after them. You know, the typical right, right. parenting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm yeah. like, I, I would love a riding lawnmower, but 
I would just become don't get a riding lawnmower. <laughs> no, I, I look at them, I dream of them, but I'll probably never get one just because it's one of the few exercises I still get. We, but, I did, I did a experiment in the book with a friend where he had a riding lawn. We measured it out. All right. We measured out this this piece, and. Uh, he had the same size plot of land, and I had the same size plot of land to mow. We put both mowers in the garage, shut off with the garage doors down, and we timed ourselves to go out, mow the plot of land, come back, put the mowers back. And it took him, he finished like three minutes ahead of me between getting out, going back. Cause you know, you can't go 80 miles an hour in a, in a riding lawnmower. I mean, right. you can, there's in my, <laughs> in my town, they have redneck riding lawnmower races, <laughs> but, but typically you can't, you can't do that. Uh, right. and, and, and we finished in, in a very close amount of time. So the riding lawnmowers don't save you money. I mean, save you time. They just yeah. take your money and give you an opportunity to drink I don't know, Mountain Dew while you're driving back and forth. Because you can't do that when you're pushing a mower. Right. Oh, no, you right. definitely can't. So, and I mean, yeah. you have to make sure you're paying attention, obviously. But yeah, like I said, I'm I'm definitely not getting a riding lawnmower. One, I'm kind of a cheapskate when it comes to certain things like that. Two. That's good. I, I, need, I need more exercise. I'm getting a little more jigglier than I'd like to admit. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. The joys of aging. Right. So, right. So what else? So you're telling me before you had your new book out, mm-hmm. the Come As You Are three years later. Mm-hmm. Tell me a bit about that because that's your newest one out. It's just freshly out as the time we're recording this. What? That's a follow-up from another book that we were discussing. Can you give people a little bit insight of that and what to expect? Sure. From yeah, so I so I wrote Come As You Are Meditation in Grief. And I wrote that book and released it maybe a year and a half, two years ago. And that really talked about grief and how I was going through grief in the in the pandemic and isolation and gave people a little bit about an insight about ways to handle it. Meditation strategies along with kind of like a personal personal memoir. So if you imagine part feedback and thinking about how we grieve and you think about a personal memoir and uh, some stuff about techniques that can help you with grief, combining those three things made that first book. Since writing that book, you know, I've continued to experience grief and loss, and there's been changes. The APA came out with this grief diagnosis uh, that was just approved about a year ago. And as that stuff happened, I felt the need to communicate and let people know more thoughts about grief. And I wasn't sure what to do with that information. And so I decided. I would start posting on Medium. I already had a Medium account, and I posted a couple of articles, and then a couple months went by, and I posted another one. And as time went on, 
one article turned into two, turned into five, turned into 10, turned into a book. And what I discovered, and I'm not, I have to tell you, I, I, I really enjoy writing. I think I have a lot to say and I have a voice and I may choose to continue down this path in the future because it was, it's, was so fruitful for me. Posting those things on Medium as opposed to what I typically would do, which is to write and 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 write. And then you got a book that you have to edit and edit and edit and put out. And then you and then you test the waters. It was I wouldn't say collaborative, but I would make a post and I would get feedback from the post from people. People would read it and comment and email me and talk to me. And I talk about it on a podcast and I'd get feedback from there. And that would then end up generating ideas and concepts and thoughts for another post. And so compared to other works that I've done, which were really out of my own head, this really, the second book about grief really was a process and engagement with other folks. And also talks about, it's, you know, very clear about, you know, how we deal with grief in the West and in the United States in particular is just a horrible, unhealthy way. It's, right. it's really damaging. And so I, this whole process of posting on Medium and then combining that all into a book really helps solidify my thinking and ideas around this. All right. So let me ask this then. So I know that like how I grieve, I kind of close up. I let it run its course. I keep my mouth shut until I get through it mentally and all this. I know technically that's not a healthy route of going. I know that's also kind of a typical way of that guys tend to go through is suck it up, go forward, do your job, et cetera, et cetera. Now, what, what different like examples that you could give that your book points out that people need to do to kind of address grief in a more healthier manner? I think the, 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 the biggest message from the book that I put out is that there's nothing if you if you're grieving if you've lost somebody especially somebody really close to you mm-hmm. and you know you look you lose a kid you lose a spouse you lose your son or daughter you know really knocks you for a loop that your grief is totally normal and healthy there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that you don't need medication you don't need therapy You don't need to just talk it out. However you are going through with it, as long as you don't fuel it, as long as you don't fuel it, that's very important. It just is. And it's never going to go away. It's not something that needs, because it's not something that needs to get fixed. Right. It's, It's not. And in our society, we live in this society that is so focused on happiness. We have to be happy. And you better be happy. And if you're not happy, you need to journal about it. And if that doesn't work, then you need to do some meditation. And if that doesn't work, then you need to go see therapists. And if that doesn't work, you need to take some medication because everything should be just, you know, nice, beautiful rainbows and unicorns. (laughs) Um, Right. And that's just not true. That's just not true. 
That's not true for anybody. Otherwise, people who are rich and famous, successful people, people who have it all, wouldn't kill themselves. Right. We see models that kill themselves, rock stars that kill themselves, famous people that just have said, it's enough. And people are like, oh. And so the, the, if we just look at these pieces and say, that's just part of life, and you don't have to get through it, you don't have to fix it, it just is. Right. That's, the, that's the piece that, you know, and the, the, the really piece that pushed the, that really um, kind of was the nexus or the, the, the piece that started the book was, you know, the, the APA, the American Psychological Association, came up with this unresolved grief disorder. And one of the characteristics of the unresolved grief disorder is that your grief takes longer than people think it should take. <laughs> I mean, that's an oversimplification, but that is one of the criteria. It talks about cultural norms and cultural expectations, and your grief exceeds those expectations. Well, that's you know. just dumb. I mean, my, like you said, everybody has their own way of grieving. And to say because somebody else thinks I should not be grieving, I'm in a unresolved grieving process is stupid it is stupid that's and i point that i point that out bluntly and directly in the book and then the other piece that happens is that over time over time the people that are there to support your grief just move on and forget about it yet it's still there it's still going to be there you know i think of these people that uh have lost their their kids like mm -hmm. in these like these school shootings when some i mean that is going to be with them for the rest of their life yeah and to to expect that it's not going to be with them for the rest of their life is ridiculous and to ignore the fact that that's going on with them and not even ask about it is also ridiculous i um so one of the other things that is a kind of a core message in the book is if you know someone who's grieving if you know someone who's lost somebody, the best thing that you can say to them above anything else is, how's your grief? That's it. Those, well, it's two words or three words. How's your grief? <laughs> but it's really four. How is your grief? Those words are incredibly powerful. And I'm going to guarantee you this. If you say that to somebody, if you ask someone who's, who's struggling, how's your grief? They're not going to fall apart. They're not going to cry. They're not going to, they might, they might as they start talking about it. But what they're going to do is instead of go, instead of engaging them with their grief, you're asking them how their grief's going in their, in their life. And their right. response is going to be, it was really hard yesterday when I was, why? I'll give you an example. If you were to ask me how my grief is, I would say that yesterday I was watching the new Wakanda Forever movie just came right. out. It was on Disney Plus, February 1st. Here it is. I'm watching it. And, you know, the, there's a lot of death in the movie the, because the lead character died. And there was, there was like two funeral scenes in the movie. Um, okay. And then the movie ends with somebody, you know, burning their funeral gown that she was wearing at that piece. And, and I had to like, you know, fast forward through those those scenes 
because it was it was just really painful. And then, you know, nothing today, right? So you're not, so what my sharing with you is more of a bigger conversation, a meta conversation about what's going on. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, just certain things in life, like you said, certain people, like yeah. I still constantly, my stepdad's passed maybe a decade ago or more. And I still, to this day, think about him. Oh, how great it would be for my kids to know him. Things like that. But Hi. it's not like I'm sitting here crying every day or right. you, you have the sad moments. And, you know, the one thing that, as you were talking, the thought came in my mind of one thing I was always told is you have to experience the bad to enjoy the good. Because if everything, like you said, they're trying to make everybody happy, happy, happy all the time. The problem with that is, is you build up a, a resentment for being happy because one, you don't think you're happy enough. Two, you don't realize the good that comes from the good. And yeah, I mean, in my life, I've taken enough hard knocks and been kicked enough times that I know where I'm at in life is a good thing, and I'm quite happy about it. Right, right. You have to have something to compare it to. Right. Black makes you appreciate the white. White makes you appreciate the black. Exactly. Right. So. Yes. So what else have you worked on? You said you have you have several books that you've just put out. You said I forget how many you said you're worked on or working on. We're getting I, on that. I am, and then it's, it's see big big pieces i just put out this kind of weird book of poetry that i just was puzzling around with i am working on another book uh ba also based on posts i have a i have a camper a wolf pup if okay. you, for you for all of you that know it's like these it's not a baby camper but it's you know 20 feet long and it's got you know a big refrigerator and a toilet and a queen size bed it's, it's, but it's not one of these you know huge things i can pull it with my Toyota Tacoma. And so I'm writing a book called Wolf Pup Hacks. And right. it's just things I've done since I got the Wolf Pup with pictures and descriptions that just made it better. And okay. there's like 20 chapters and maybe 800 to 1,000 words per chapter. So it's going to be a medium sized book. And, you know, a quick read, but it's, it's going to be specifically for someone who gets a camper like that and says, what can I do to make it better? So let me ask this then, because you talk about the wolf pup as if it's a, like, you hear Jeep drivers talk about their Jeeps. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Jeep, yes. Jeep drivers, motorcycle riders, it's, if you see another person with it, you kind of feel... The person might be a complete jerk, but you're not paying attention to that because, hey, they got the Jeep or I got a Jeep. They're driving this Jeep. Motorcycles are looking at, of course, well, depending on your motorcycle, depends on which type of group you fit in, I guess. Right, right. But I'm in, I'm in like two wolf, wolf pup groups. I'm in two wolf pup groups <laughs> on the on the on Facebook. There's okay. one that is wolf pup owners because there's wolf pup is like a Jeep. Or maybe like Chrysler or something, and then there's specific models of that. Okay. And so I'm in the I'm I'm in the Wolf Pup group, and there's a bunch of different Wolf Pups, All and right. I'm also in the 
Wolf Pup 16FQ group, which is <laughs> 16FQ is the model for my specific Wolf Pup. <laughs> I see. And I have to ask, are these large groups or because I'm not familiar with cameras? Oh, no, 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 no. These are large groups. These are large. These are large groups. And the, and the benefit of these is that they're loaded with you know, collective wisdom from all the, especially since the pandemic hit, right. everybody went out and bought a camper. You couldn't get it. You can't, you couldn't <laughs> get a camper. Everybody Jeez. went out and everybody's also out camping now, which is another thing. And all these folks know nothing. You know, they, it wasn't like me, like I was a hiker and a canoeer and I was an outdoors person. And then, you know, at some point I'm like, ah, I'm sick of laying on the ground. <laughs> yeah, we talked about I, that last I, time too. I want to get, and so I'm camping in a camper now, uh, and 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 it's great. But there are people who never did that stuff that were like, I can't go anywhere during the pandemic. What am I going to do? Oh, I let's get a camper, and they bought a camper, and they don't know the first thing about anything, and so they're they're out there trying to figure those things out and looking for all kinds of insights on everything from backing up to how to hook up their camper to electricity the right way to, you know, what to do for more storage and on and on and on. I will say I backed up a camper before when I was a kid. My uh -huh. grandpa, like I always found it funny. And I think we talked about it last time too. My grandma and grandpa, they had a pop-up camper. Uh-huh. And when I would go camping with them, they would hand me a tent. I would sleep in the tent. They would sleep in the camper. It was like but a doghouse for a person. <laughs> That's what it was. Yes, but I remember my grandpa had me back up. And this was before I even knew how to drive. So I'm on the very edge of, the, of this old pickup truck seat trying to back up the camper in the pickup truck and my grandpa telling me, don't mess up or I'm going to snap something. And I'm sitting there going, I'm like, I don't want to do this. Like, can I just wave outside, tell you back up, keep going, stop? He goes, no, you got to learn. I'm like, I, I'm scared to death. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a trick. And being honestly, anytime I hauled a U-Haul or a trailer or something like that, if I can avoid backing up, I will take the long way around just right. to keep going straight. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there, there, there's, there's, it's, it's amazing in this, in this, to me, in this information world that we live in now. I mean, there's a group on everything. Yeah. I, just, I bought a Tacoma, Toyota Tacoma to pull the camper. Cause the other, the other vehicle was just not cooperating. I need to get a new truck. Right. There, are, there are Toyota Tacoma groups that oh, are out there that. right just and they are like there are videos on tips and tricks for the toyota tacoma <laughs> like yeah wow yeah, yeah i've seen a lot of different different groups and all this so that's kind of why i asked is it a very big group because you know some of these groups i've seen there's small groups of people that are very very in love with their whatever it, the topic is where you have some groups like the Jeep people, mm -hmm, the Corvette mm -hmm. people, or the classic car people. That's a large society of people because, one, it's been going on for a long time. Right, right. 
So yeah. wh- what do you find different? I mean, I guess here's a better question. What kind of people do you find in the camper community versus before you got in there and the people that you met while you were camping and all this stuff? Do you think there's a difference between them? Between the people that are in the campgrounds now that I go to compared before? Yes. Yeah, they're definitely uh, more, they're older and fatter <laughs> and uh, more, to, some of the campers in some of these campgrounds are just, they're, they're like mini houses. Uh, they're, they're mini houses. Uh, they're, you can get campers now that have fake fireplaces in them that are, you know, gas fire that, that go up. And when you're inside of that, it feels like, it doesn't feel like you're camping at all. It feels like you're staying in a hotel uh, or a, a, a small house. My camper still feels like it's, it's camping because it's just, right. you know, a smaller piece that's, that it's got a small footprint. And, and, you know, like I said, it just has a queen size bed and a small kitchen and a bathroom. And most of the time when I'm there, I'm outside. But if I need right. to be in, I'm inside. You know, I have a little table that I can sit in and I can hang out. It doesn't have, you know, an expandable living room with a fireplace and stuff like that. So it's a, it, it feels more, it still feels like a little cramped camper because you're outside to be able to spend time with it. But most of the people in the campgrounds are older folks, fatter folks, you know, there's, there's not that many people that are out there that are wanting to go like biking and hiking and stuff like that. Those folks typically have tents because right. they put all their money into hiking gear, climbing <laughs> gear, kayaks, things like that. But right. camping people put all their money into their campers. Uh, right. So, which makes perfect sense. And yeah, yeah like I think we've discussed a few times, there's no way I can sleep on my back anymore. It's just, right, right. you know, it, it, I keep thinking about taking my son out camping when he gets older and I'm thinking, wow, oh, those rocks and bumps are just going to kill me. Right, right. Yeah. And it also depends on the type of camp campground you go to. So I've, if you go, I, I, there's a different kind of person who stays at state parks all right. And you go to and and that's what it is. It's just a state park campsite. There might and 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 not much beyond the trees and the water and stuff. Versus somebody who stays at a campground where they have a community fire, a water slide, a pool, a uh, hay rides, and all these other in a bands on Saturday nights. You right. know that's that's a different type of experience. And so, actually, this is an upcoming book. Maybe two years, three years down the road, I'm slowly hitting up state campsites in New England, and I'm going to write a book about each of the states and all the state campsites that you can stay at. So, Well, hopefully you're not going to any right now because it's quite chilly, Al, because right now we're we're recording this in February, so, but I do know... I have known people that have gone camping in the middle of winter because they want to go hiking, like you said. Right. Me, um, they've invited me, and I've said not a chance. 
I was born in the summer. I like heat. I do not like my toes to be cold. You're not getting me to come along. It's supposed to go to 15 degrees below zero here tomorrow. Oh, jeez. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I was down here in Virginia. I think we're down to today's high is 30. Right. There's so, a thing coming from the Arctic or something. You're going to be cold tomorrow too. Just oh, you're not going to be as cold as me in Vermont, right. but you're going to be you're going to be colder than normal. Now speaking of Vermont, I saw on your YouTube channel, and I just saw it today because when I was looking up the interview, I typed in your name, and one thing I saw which made me chuckle was Vermont's way of Tai Chi in the winter. Oh my God! You saw that already. I just put that up yesterday. You were <laughs> doing you were doing Tai Chi. Now, for anyone that doesn't know, Scott does he teaches Tai Chi Tai Chi. And in the first interview, you were talking about how it was a really cold and rainy day. You missed it, and your class gave you a hard time for missing that one time. So I saw Thank the I saw like I said I was looking at it and I saw it today where. You were doing Tai Chi in snowshoes. And for anyone that's not really familiar with snowshoes, it looks like almost a a whisker, uh, not whisker, a wisp basket or a weed basket that's a flat tennis racket that snaps onto the bottom of the shoes. You were doing that in a, I don't know how deep the snow was, but I mean, explain that a little bit to me. So I, as as you said, I I teach this this Tai Chi practice group. It's been a great privilege. I've been teaching this group for many years now. Wow! And 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 we started. Now this is Vermont, right? Right. Snow, cold, 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 cold. <laughs> right. We started, and 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 this group ranges from you know fifty nine, sixty years old is the youngest to like 85 years old is the oldest. And we meet at a park, outside at a park. We started meeting at this park during COVID and it came time to wrap it up. And I mean, we meet year round in this park, right. year round in this park. And so we, it, you know, COVID's kind of passed and I'm like, do we wanna, <clears throat> do we wanna get back together and go inside and find that they're like, no, we're meeting outside. I'm like, okay, I missed the group once. It was raining cats and dogs. And right. I was like, there's no way. And there were two people there waiting for me. And they're like, where were you? I'm like, all right, I'm never going to miss it ever again. I mean, we've met when it's been four or five degrees below zero outside. And you know, people are all bundled up. And and so we are new, we just finished going through. Now, they, they, they haven't perfected it yet. But we've just finished going through all the parts of a Tai Chi form called Soon 73. And Soon is the guy who came up with it. So, right. you know, it would be like if you had a Tai Chi form, it might be called Maynard, right? Okay. And so and so Soon is the guy that came up with this, and 73 is how many different movements there are in this. Okay. And so you've learned the hands and the feet and all these other stuff, and, and we just finished it, and we're joking about it, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to get out there in this deep snow with snowshoes on. And these snowshoes are like, 
you know, your feet, you know, if your foot's like this, the snowshoe's like this. In right. fact, a couple times on the, in this video, somebody said to me, they said, you're really jerky in this video. I said, that's because <laughs> I stepped on the back of the snowshoe and I almost fell flat <laughs> into the snow. And so I decided that what I would do is I, I grabbed a friend of mine and I said, let's get outside and, and I'm going to videotape this. Me do, I went go through the whole form. It's not perfect because obviously I'm wearing snowshoes. And at one point in the video, you can see where I've turned and I've done this one motion and the, and I've got a, I've got a black lab and the black lab is like, are we playing a game? And so the black <laughs> lab comes, she jumps on the back of the snowshoe. I almost fall over, but it's a, it is a fun way to kind of, I sent it to my, to, to the, the people in the practice group and said, uh, hey, here's something to entertain you. What do you think? So it's funny that you uh, that you stumbled upon that. <laughs> yeah, like That's I said, great. I saw that and it just made me chuckle. And I'm like, you know, that was yesterday. I, <laughs> I figured I had to bring it up. So, <laughs> so what else is going on with you? What else? I mean, you're, like I said, from even before, for on our first conversation, you had an ungodly amount of activities you've done, like the Tough Mudders, the races. I couldn't name everything. You train firemen. You're a coach. You do all these different things. You now are a pilot. You've increased your Tough Mudders. You're training for another one. I, I mean, I'm going. I'm picking up. I, I'm now doing stand-up paddleboarding, or now I'm I, I'm actually not doing it yet. I'm planning to do stand-up <laughs> okay. paddleboarding, and I've already booked. This is the other piece about camping. All the campsites in the world are booked up. If you want to go camping, you're not going to find any campsites. I'm telling you, this year, I booked out sites in October for July. Oh, geez. Right. And so this year is a lot of camping and every single campsite that I picked, not every, I would say 90% of the campsites that I picked are all near bodies of water. So I can get out there with the paddleboard right. and, the, and the dogs and the dogs. I have two dogs, a, a black lab and a little white Jack Russell. Okay. And so the plan is to train the dogs to get on the paddleboard with me at the same time while I paddle about. Now, I, a, I don't know how to paddleboard. I've never been on a paddleboard before. <laughs> uh, I have got a paddleboard and all these other stuff. I, I had to look around to find one that was they They make dog. You have to buy a paddleboard that's good for dogs okay. because it has to support a certain amount of weight. It has to be a certain width and all these other pieces. So I've got a paddleboard that's going to support the three of us. And this spring, I got to train them to stay on the paddleboard while I paddle around. Because if 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 one jumps off the paddleboard, I if, if the little white dog jumps off the paddleboard, it's not going to be a problem. But if she wow. jumps off <laughs> and the lab jumps off the paddleboard, I'm going off the paddleboard. <laughs> so then, you know, I can picture being in the middle of a lake, and then I need to get myself and the two of them back on the paddleboard. It's going to be, and so I've got a lot of camping. I'm camping. Here's a, here's a little tidbit for you. Between May 5th and November 2nd of, of this year, I'm going to be outside camping with the dogs 75 times. It's a lot of times, a lot of days. 
Yes, um, it is, but being outside is a good thing. Fresh air. It's a good thing. Yep, absolutely. That's fresh why air, I'm doing sunshine, it. Sunshine, you got to have that. I think we all need we all need to be outside a little bit more than most people are anymore. And I'm right. speaking for myself too, especially with the cold. Like like I mentioned, I'm not a big fan of the cold, but <laughs> yeah, I hear comes, you. I'm usually in the backyard with my son, chasing him and all that. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely good to be outside and hopefully it's a good time for you. And then my next book is going to be stand up paddle boarding with dogs, how to do <laughs> it. I've already started it because what I discovered, this is, this is the other little tidbit that inspires me to write. There's not, there's no information out there on how to teach your dog, how to stand up paddleboard. There's a <laughs> little, there's a couple of websites here and a couple of websites there and not much. It really points to potentially, again, it could be a miss. It really points to a potential area that people want to read about because there's nothing there. And, you know, that kind of reminds me of one thing that you said on a different interview of another show I listened to you. I want to say it was author Eke. And you said that you write books and things like this because you can't find the information out there. And you even tell your clients that if they want a book, they need to find a topic that suits them that other people are not writing about so that they can get attention. And that kind of goes like the King Henry vegetable. Exactly, the, yes. The paddle boating with dogs because I'll be honest with you. That's not going to be a book I'm going to read. I have two cats. <laughs> I so. should write, you could write the book, Eric, Paddle Boarding with Cats. Scott, let me ask you a question. <laughs> Honestly, have you ever seen a cat with water? I have. I have, but I've, there are some cats that do appreciate water. I mean, that's, that could be the whole thing, how to get your cats oh, used I, to water. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. I have a cat that likes to play with the drips from like my shower. She'll run in, play with the drips, the puddle. But come bath time, I need those um, like the suit of armor, arm like arm uh -huh. protectors, the gauntlets. I need those right. to go around my forearms because if right. I don't, the cats just. I wear long sleeves in the summer just when I give the cats a bath to protect myself. <laughs> well, you know what? If you if you were to write a book about stand-up paddleboarding with cats, you wouldn't have to worry about them jumping <laughs> off the paddleboard and knocking it over. <laughs> Let's hope not. I would hate I'd hate to imagine getting them back on the board. Oh man. Primony. Yes. That would, that would be an adventure in itself. <laughs> right. So right. it sounds like Sounds very busy. I mean, it sounds like you have a schedule just you're going to keep adding more. I mean, heck, I might have to have you come on next next year as well, just as a re refresher of all the things you had. Right. You know, what are the books that you wrote this year that, that we couldn't find that people might be interested in? Exactly. So what I'm going to do is I don't want to take up your whole day. Obviously, I can. I enjoy talking with you. I'm going to end the conversation for everybody else. You and I are going to keep talking a little bit more, but I have your profile, all the information you've given me on authorblurb.com. There's a link to your profile in my show notes. Where other than me sending them to my website to find you, where do you like people to go find you? 
you can easily find me just by Googling my name, G period, Scott Graham, tons of information, including this video and other videos, (laughs) maybe even the Tai Chi video now is floating out there. If you just Google my name, you will be flooded with information. G period, Scott, S-C-O-T-T, G-R-A-H-A-M. And just so anyone needs to know, if you forget to add the period, Scott still comes up. So G Scott Graham will come up. So I do appreciate you being on. Like I said, I've enjoyed talking with you and we're going to talk a little bit more if you can hold on for me. Yeah. And, and I have to say congratulations on doing this for a year. You know, statistically, most people that start podcasts fizzle out after a couple of months. That's the statistics. So the fact that you have stayed the course and are now on year number two is such an accomplishment. You should be really proud. Well, I'll be honest with you. There is some benefits to it. One, I get to talk to great authors like you. Two, I've I've come to find more books and my library has grown. I think in the last year I've gotten 10 books, e-books, paper books, audio books that – I'm just trying to get through reading now. So, I mean, I'm happy with it. So I see no end to it. And I appreciate, like I said, you coming back on. It's, I owed you a better, a better interview than what I gave you. (laughs) That interview was fine. I've been (laughs) on really bad ones. It's getting the message out. That's the important thing. Exactly. Well, thank you again. Hold on for one moment. I'm going to stop the recording and this will be the end for everybody else. I'm glad you made it this far to the end of the show. I hope you've enjoyed it because that's what it's all about. I'd also like to suggest that you take the time and go find the other authors that are here. Find that author that you're going to love and you're going to want to share. It's all about the authors and that's why I'm here. Now, if you enjoy the show, I'd like to ask you to do me a favor. If you think it's worth it, go to the website, authorblurb.com. You can donate money, donate crypto, buy me a cup of coffee, things like that that helps me support keeping the show going. Right now, I don't do anything to try to delay, add, distract you. Everything's out of my pocket, and everything is meant to make authors be able to grow their audience and grow your attention. So, as always, thank you for being here. I hope you come back for the next show. And again, take the time, explore authorblurb.com. There's a lot there that you will be very happy to take the time to enjoy. And as final note, rate, review, shoot me an email through authorblurb.com. That way you can at least let me know what you think. I'm happy to always see reviews and hear what you think. Thank you. Have a good day.